And welcome to Row 60 of Georgia Football Podcast. My name is Clark Gaines. Joining me today, as always, Adam Thornton. Boom, Clark. That was a solid a boom. Big man. boom, Clark. Big boom, big week. Big, big boom, week. big week. Big episode. This is episode time, number baby. 46. Woo! Crank it up, baby. Fire it on up. Get ready to rock and roll. This is a monstrous week for everybody right now, Clark. I have been so fired up for this week. You've been fired up for this week, and you have been fired up for this week. Listen to this in this car, man. It's it's going to be a long work week, baby. We got to get fired up. We got to get excited because what's going to happen on New Year's Eve, Court, is going to be an elite performance by our Georgia Bulldogs for the nation to see, man, just establishing that a dynasty is in Athens, man. This is the time right here, Court. This is the time right here that you establish that there is a new king in college football, baby, and it's in Athens, Georgia. And last year wasn't just a one time deal card, yeah. but something that is not stopping, man. Hey, and National Signing Day that we just saw the other day is proving that that Georgia's rolling, man. The coal is just being poured into the furnace. It's not stopping anytime soon, baby. This is what this week is going to be about, baby. Yep. Prime time, New Year's Eve, whole world watching in Atlanta, Georgia, Peach Bowl, and state of Georgia is going to show out, man. Uh, man, you know, the good Lord couldn't bless us anymore. Couldn't That's bless true. us anymore when it comes to yeah. Georgia football. Big time blue blood opponent of Ohio State, man. Let's fire it on up right now, <laughs> Well, maybe it off now, baby. Yeah. Let's go. Hey, Merry Christmas Woo! to everybody. Merry Christmas. Hope you guys have had a great holiday season. Uh just a lot of excitement. Yeah, yeah. Merry Christmas, man. I hope everybody had a blessed holiday season. I hope it was a good time with mm-hmm. family, friends, and loved ones. I hope you uh, filled yourself up with some turkey and ham, man, and uh, just had good fellowship with the family. But now it's time, Corp. Now it's time. You, you know, th- you know, this isn't a family week coming up. <laughs> this is not a family no. week coming up, baby. This because this is not a family game. that's going to be a Mercedes-Benz Stadium, Corp. Mm. So, hey. Everybody needs to get their mind right. That's get right. their mind right. Hope it was a good Christmas, uh, best time of year right now. And um, But, hey, it's time. Get it's focused, time people. to turn the page because it's time, baby. Is it time, It's Adam? time, Carl. I'm so <laughs> jacked up, man. You know, we were just getting through the holiday stuff. You know, you're trying to, you know, you know, enjoy it. Enjoy mm-hmm. it. Enjoy everything going and whatnot. But now it is, uh, it's time to c- turn complete focus to Mercedes-Benz Stadium at 8 o'clock on December 31st. Oh, I'm out of breath. Buckeyes. I'm out of breath and out of shape, baby. Well, uh, yeah, welcome to episode 46. It's going to be a good one. We've got a lot to talk about mm-hmm. on this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to start off by apologizing because yep. – we tried episode 46 a couple weeks ago or about a week ago now. Um, and for whatever reason, the file, Adam, of the, the video oh, no. got corrupted. And so we didn't have any video to go along with the podcast. We want to be uh, respectful of our uh, of our YouTube yeah. viewers. And it wouldn't have been fun to just look at a picture of nothingness uh, as, as the podcast was going for our YouTube people. So anyway, all that to say, here we are again. We're going to go through some bowl games. Uh, we tried it last episode going through all of them. I don't know. It might oh, be yeah. some bonus I mean, everybody, content later you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some funny times going through all the bowl games. Of course, now a lot of them have been played Clark, right. But, uh, you know, it was entertaining with that. And I hate that happens, man. Technology, it'll let you down from time to time, Clark. That's <laughs> yes. why, you know, I think, you know, in my train of thought is as a world, we should not be reliant on mm. technology to, uh, to you know, the highest extent, I feel like. I feel yeah. like, you know, that you still got to have some old school principles in there because right. when you when you need it the most, technology will let you down. That's true. 
That's true. That's my thought process on it. Yeah. Well, maybe we should switch over to like film. We you could. Know? Like we could digital video we film. Could. I'm, I'm good with it. I'm good with it. Nah, Clark and the technology oh, department man. here at Rock 60 do a great job yeah. bringing it to us. And it was just a glitch. It was just a glitch. Yeah, it really it it honestly you was. Just, you yeah. just have that stuff kind of happen, man. And that's okay because we are rolling right now. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a heck of an episode. A lot to, uh, a lot to write home about, man. It's going to be right. high energy. It's going to be filled with a lot of enthusiasm, man, because this is where we've all led up to from starting in July when we cranked up this second season of Row 60. We've come back to this, and we're blessed to do another one of these in December, just like we did last year. Time for the title defense, baby. The That's run it. starts now. Right now. Right now. On this episode, it starts now. Woo! Let's go. Okay, we've got some announcements we're going to uh, talk about here in just a second. Some things that have happened since our last recording of an episode. Uh, got some fun facts. Uh, then we're going to break down the UGA versus Ohio State history, although yeah. it is very uh, minimal. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. And then we're going to talk about Georgia's offense versus OSU's defense, Georgia's defense versus OSU's offense. And then towards the very end, we're going to pick the New Year's Six bowl games. Uh, we don't have time to go through all of them. It is yeah, ridiculously yeah. long list. Uh, and then last but not least, we have a score prediction at the very end. So I love stick it, around for Let's all do that. it, baby. Dive uh, right into it. Let's start off by talking about signing day, Adam. Mm-hmm. Uh, just very briefly, and we're gonna we're gonna break this down later in the offseason, talk about who we picked up this year, yeah. who we signed. But I tell you, it was a great day, Adam. Uh, 27 commits, two five stars, and 21 four stars yeah man a lot of good guys in that class we've talked about that we that there's a lot of people who get paid to do this for a living yeah that you have can have more recruiting coverage than at the mm-hmm. row 60 podcast that's not our forte right. in our specialty whatsoever but of course clark and i do follow it uh some really good pieces that were brought in right here man just a strong class i think uh on the edge rushers some elite just edge guys last mm-hmm. year had a lot of elite defensive back talent a lot of elite edge guys right here man pass rushers and uh some stuff that uh, I, i'm excited to see man Another top three class, man, and winning college football today, you have to have top three classes consistently, man. Uh, um, eight through ten, uh, it's not going to cut it, Clark. Not going to cut it. And then you have to utilize re-recruiting guys that's in the transfer portal. And just uh, really, I would say, not only being a good recruiter, Clark, an elite recruiter, but an elite roster manager mm-hmm. is what puts you at the pinnacle of college football today. And that's what Kirby Smart is, Clark. If you look at the numbers, the scholarship numbers, what we got guys right now, and then you kind of can assume who's going to be leaving to go to the draft early and then the guys that were the commits that are coming in and the guys who've already been signed you know it's going to be over that limit but so I, I want to warn Georgia fans right now we're not going to worry about this right now because we got bigger fish to fry we got two more games that's very important to win and then we're getting the offseason chatter the recruiting roster turnover and stuff there's going to be some transfers uh, come out of Georgia be. man yeah. you know we've had what two right now Eric Gilbert and uh, Bill Norton going on wish them uh, good and well there's going to be some guys that hurt I think there could be some DBs that hurt and uh, there could be a receiver that could hurt but we're not going to get into that in this episode, man. But uh, just just beware of that. But that's part of it, man. But just trust Kirby. How can you not at this point in time where the Georgia football is in his tenure mm-hmm. to not know? You know, we go through this every year. You lost, what, 14, 15 guys last year. Like, oh, my gosh. You know, that's just to the draft. Leader, you know, to the draft. Well, yeah, well, and transfer portal as well, that many, too. And, uh, like, guys that you thought, oh, they, they would be big pieces. I wish we could still have them. But no, uh, you know, Kirby has a plan, man. And I, I think because of his elite, just not even – 
just being a recruiter, but a roster manager plugging guys in, getting just a few pieces from the portal if necessary to uh, plug and just guys who are going to be elite and at a standard class. It's not just going to be anybody come in from the portal to Georgia. It's going to be guys that are going to fit the bill, fit the mold of what this culture is because uh, Kirby said itself, playing for Georgia is not for everybody. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about where the program is right now, man. It is a cultural difference unlike any other program out there that, uh, that that's being brewed up in Athens and just uh, being confirmed more and more by a championship pedigree, man. And uh, not everybody can play for them. It's not for yeah. everybody. So we'll be fine in that regard, and we'll have a lot to talk about that after we get off the field and hopefully win a second consecutive national championship. But uh, a lot of talent on signing day, this early signing day coming in, man. Um, uh, heck of a class, and I think next year could be even better. Yeah, Next year could be even better. The Probably train so. is still rolling, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, it's just elite. Just elite all the way around. Elite indeed. The uh, only person Georgia can't afford to lose is Kirby Paul Smart outside of that. I'm not worried about <laughs> yeah. it. Hey, right. by the way, happy belated birthday to Kirby Paul Smart. Happy I did not realize his Paul birthday Smart, was but. On the 23rd. So, yeah, yeah. yeah anyway. I love it, man. Uh, Ra Ra Thomas, Dominic Lovett. We got two transfers coming in. Ra Ra coming in from Mississippi State. Great receiver. Dominic Lovett, same thing uh, from Missouri. Georgia now has, listen, this is insane. As of right now, currently, Georgia has the top, uh, that, sorry, has the four of the top 15 leading receivers Dang in the that. SEC with those two guys coming in. That's insane. I believe the other two would be, um, Brock and Ladd, or maybe not Brock. Uh, I probably should have studied up on this a little bit more. It'd have to be, uh, I, I don't I don't know. I can't think. I, can't I think should have studied up. I feel embarrassed. I'm pretty sure it's Brock. But It'd have to be Brock. Yeah, I would, Brock, I would, and Ladd. Brock and Ladd would be uh, my guesses right there. But mm-hmm. That's a great statistic there, Clark. Great fun fact. Clark's fun facts, man. A, a little pre, hey, preview, a little bone you threw at him with a yeah, fun yeah, fact. Yeah, right yeah, yeah. You know, we're not even to the fun facts. <laughs> that's <section>. true. <laughs> and he gave him a little bone, Clark. Yeah, I love that. Throw the ball. I love yeah. that, man. So, uh, yeah, that's exciting. Ra Ra Thomas and uh, Dominic Love, the guys who put up good numbers at their respective teams. The thing is, they're not going to come to Georgia and put up those numbers, from my understanding, from the outside. Is they don't expect that man. They want to be winners. They right. want to be on winning teams, and uh, where they uh, they they plug and play them at, man, they're going to be contributors. Well, I think uh, next year's starting uh, the shape up to be very good. But a lot of time to talk about that. Exciting, mm-hmm. um, just man. I mean, guy, you got to pinch yourself, Clark, because everything about what's happening in this football program as a Georgia football fan is just is just good, good, better, better, better. I mean, just it, it's amazing. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's such a dang good feeling, man. In the middle of December, seeing ah another top three resigning class. That's the number two Casual. this year. Just uh, another one. You know, we're going to the playoffs here in a couple weeks. Got a big game against Ohio State. Going to defend the national championship, man. Enjoy these days. I say it every episode, and I mean it because I want to drive home the point that each and every one of you understand that uh, th- this is just uncharted waters that Georgia football has been in, and we're living through the glory days of the program and its history, man. Mm-hmm. Of uh, and, th- and that's a lot of dang good history to get through, yep. Clark. So, awesome, awesome. All right, let's talk about our Row 60 Pick'em League winners. We have not announced this officially, so we're going to do it right now. In third place, Mr. Curtis Folsom. Shout out to him. He's a DGD. Awesome. Uh, Worked with me at Georgia. He's going to get a T-shirt, a hat, and a sticker from Row60.com. We'll get in touch with you, Curtis. In second place, Kyle Foster, Franklin County native. Congrats, Uh, Kyle. you, You had some good picks this year. You also get a T-shirt, hat, and sticker. And in first place, 
Also a Franklin County native, yes, Mr. Lee South. Good old Congrats, Lee South. Buddy. Good old buddy of mine, man. Yep. I grew up with the guy. I love him. I uh, love all those guys yeah. out there. Just some good DGDs, man. Right. Um, exciting year. Pick them for them. Exactly. So, I did horrible. Yeah, I did too. I, I did forgot to good. pick at week three, and it was all downhill from there. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was terrible. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Well, Lee, man, he was on fire this year. Congrats, man. You get an invitation to be on Row 60. We'll get you on a podcast in uh, the off season to talk with you. We'll also have a T-shirt, hat, and stickers coming your way, as well as a championship trophy. Ooh. And we're going to have to post some pictures for our Row 60 right, listeners that's right. I, on the social media uh, outlets to help us decide what the trophy's going to look like. That's, that's because right. we're going to have names engraved. Something to play for, man. Right. Something to play for. <laughs> yeah. So that's, uh, that's exciting, man. That's exciting. Uh, mm-hmm. Inaugural season. That was good. And um, yeah, keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. Uh one announcement. We have a live call-in show. 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Yes, sir. On December 30th. It's Friday, right. right before New Year's Eve, and the dogs tee it up in Mercedes-Benz. So that Friday night, 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. We're going to be live. Me and Adam, we're going to be taking calls. It's going to be a big show. It's going to be wild. It's going to be rowdy, and I expect everybody calling in to be wild and rowdy. Mm-hmm. I mean, the night before New Year's Eve, uh, you know, you got to get it cranked up, get fired up about everything that's coming the following day. It's going to be a Friday night, Clark, mm-hmm. um, like they always are. And uh, everybody should at that point in time. No high school football going on. Just that Tennessee-Clemson game. Put that on mute. Put us on in the background of it. Sit around with the family and get fired up about Georgia football because um, uh, we're, we're going to bring it. We're going to yeah. bring the intensity to a level uh, of a no-call-in show uh, like we've had this season, and uh, hopefully it's going to be up to what it was in Scottsburg, Indiana. Yes. The national and, championship, baby. And we expect everyone to have the same the kind same of intensity. Way. Hey, I'm going to give my all, and I expect them to give our all back to us too, Clark. And I know the will. we got some great people out there who love the dogs, love fellowshipping oh, with yeah. us, and uh, that's what it's going to all be about. All right, Clark. It's going to be a fun time. Yes, sir, baby. Give us a section that we all have grown to love, Clark's Fun Facts. Have we really? Really yes, sir. To love you need that. to get a jingle for Clark's Fun Facts. All right, crank it up. What <laughs> you know fun what? facts do you got for All us? All right, here today? we go. Insert Clark's Fun Facts jingle here. <laughs> there you go. There All you right, go. So All I'm right. edit that in later. Perfect. All right, Fun Facts. Uh, once again, I steal these from people. I give them credit. That's right. Now, there are occasionally a few that I come up with. It's an original idea. Original idea. Uh, Not very many, but this first one comes from Saturday Down South. Okay. Listen to this, Adam. Stetson is now tied for third place for the highest winning percentages for an SEC starting quarterback in history with a minimum of 30 starts. That's right. So, Stetson is now tied with A.J. McCarron and Buck Blue. The yes, dog. Sir. Yes, sir. They all have a uh, 900 winning percentage. Awesome. Awesome. That's uh, that's exciting, man. That's uh, elite company elite. right there. Uh, as far as winners, you know, both of them would definitely be considered game managers. Mm. McCarron and Butt Blue. <laughs> Butt Blue handoff. McCarron did a little bit more than that. But a game manager guy. And um, McCarron's got two rings, baby. So uh, mm-hmm. Stetson can match him with that. Yeah. So uh, that's, good yeah, point. that's awesome. Uh, Jay Barker is in first place. Uh, do you know of Jay Barker? Where yeah, Jay Barker. Um, he used to be married to Sarah Evans, oh. uh, old country music singer. Oh, okay. He's like a radio show host, played at Alabama. I wow. think he did some bad things mm. with, in his relationship with Sarah Evans that we won't go into because it's a family show and oh, some stuff. Okay. But, uh, a smeared image right now, Clark. I would say. Uh, <laughs> wow, sounds like what it. I know. I shouldn't say that, but uh, that's just what what's that on the tabloids, Clark? <laughs> the tabloids. What a <laughs> that's great what's word. On the tabloids, yeah. Clark. For what nice. you hear in the past year or two. So Jay Barker uh, was a quarterback for Alabama. For Gene Stallings in 1992 mm. when they beat Miami in the uh, 92 Sugar Bowl to win the 92 National okay. Championship, our last one before the Saban. I'm going to have to look up uh, okay. the history. But I, I didn't know, know that, that. You know, that's very surprising that Jay Barker's first, man. Mm. I did not know that Gene Stallings, Alabama, during that 
time in the early nineties was that you know well did they did they play fifteen games this season? No, though, no, no, they did. That's what I'm saying. So, so maybe these numbers are a little skewed and but still, out I didn't the think that Jay Barker. I would have thought like McElroy or McCarron would have had a higher percentage than Jay Barker. But anyway, mm, okay. and I don't know. Or Danny Werfel at Florida in his run in the mid nineties. Right. That, you know that's crazy. That's a good statistic because nobody would think that Jay Barker was number one. <laughs> yeah. At least I wouldn't. Anyway, I don't even know who that is. Um, all right, and then Connor O'Gara on Twitter he says, and this is just insane. Fifteen of the last sixteen SEC championship winners have played in the national championship. Boom. Boom. Yeah, yeah. Swing that arm, Boom, Adam. For Joe for Jefferson, it swing just that arm. Means, it just <laughs> means more, baby. Uh, yeah. Just means more. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one team that didn't make it was Alabama in 2014. Right. They got Ooh. boat raced by Ohio State. Yeah, that, you know, that, that, that game, Clark. You know, you start looking at that kind of that kind of deal right there. I do believe was Alabama. Were they number one seed? They were the number one seed in Ohio State. Slipped into were. that four seed, man. Mm-hmm. Cardell Jones, the third-string quarterback, came yeah. in there and – uh, Kirby had a time that day with that uh, Urban Meyer offense, but uh, Ryan Day's no Urban Meyer, and uh, there's no Ezekiel Elliott either uh, in that uh, in that backfield. But man, that was a uh, that was a that was a heck of an upset, man. They uh, they blew uh, that Alabama team yeah. um, out in New Orleans that night. Mm-hmm. For inaugural playoff right there. Yeah, that's a good first point. one. Then right. Florida State and Oregon play in the Rose Bowl. There you but go. Anywho. There you go. Uh, Georgia now has an active bowl appearance streak of 26 straight bowl games. That streak started when Kirby was a junior. Playing That's awesome. I love that. Georgia. That's what I like to hear, man. That's yeah. awesome. That that shows consistency. That is a good tip of the hat to the guys out there that the uh, the Jim Donnans, Mark Ricks, and now Kirby's of the world who, you know, this program we would say has just gotten to the elite level, Clark. Mm. But there's always been a 10-win game kind of threshold there, yeah. so to speak. And uh, and, and kind of going to those games that, you know, some BCS games back in the day. And then some of those right under BCS tier level New Year's Day games, Capital One Bowl, Outback Bowl what they were called at the time man and um you know something that uh j- good consistency man you can't speak of that in uh, like auburn alabama it's That's not true. there you know you can't speak about that in games for florida it's not there but the georgia football program has been consistent and uh it always has been even though we talk about that oh some of them days you know when you think back on it now where georgia is but you got to look at it in the perspective that even before what kirby has done with this program we were in some good times too, yeah. but now it's just going to a whole nother level, and gotta, man. And the Kings of College football that's true. is what is in Athens, Georgia now, baby. Yeah, good point. And hey, mm-hmm. you, you got to tip your hat to Mark Rick. I mean, he, mm-hmm. you know, he's the reason absolutely, why man. we're sitting in this position. Oh yeah, yeah, or part of it. I, you know, Kirby's oh, yeah. obviously absolutely, taking it to a whole man. new level. But, uh, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was uh, he, he did some good things for a long time, and even mm-hmm. Jim Donham, you know, kind of built that roster kind of in the mid nineties going into the late nineties and then uh, left a good one for Rick and then Rick just took it to another level. Mm. Now Kirby's took it to another level and I don't see how anybody after Kirby can take it to an even higher level, but Hey, Hey, just good. Speaks volumes, man. Speaks volumes. What else you got for us, Carl? Well, Adam, let's dive into the Peach Bowl. We're going to preview Whoa, this game and talk man, about it. Wait, We've got all I sorts of wait. stuff to talk about. I love the fact, Clark. I love the fact. And we've said this now for a few years, Clark. Has Kirby Smart beat Lincoln Riley? He has. In a playoff, mm-hmm. in a historic venue in the Rose Bowl. Yep. Oklahoma, blue blood, right? Yeah. Has Kirby Paul Smart, Clark, has he beat Jim Harbaugh in the Michigan Wolverines? He has in the Orange Bowl last year. Blue blood, right? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. America loves the Wolverines. America loves the Sooners, right? right. Has Kirby Paul Smart beat Brian Kelly, not only at LSU, but at another institution? He has. 
Notre Dame, right? Yeah, that pretty three big times. Blue, yeah, pretty big. He's beat Brian Kelly three times, Notre Dame twice. Mm-hmm. Big blue blood, right, Carl? Yeah, yeah, right, right. I'd say so. Has Kirby Paul Smart beat Dabo Sweeney and Clemson? He sure has. You know, I guess here lately they've been considered one of the top dogs in college football, right? Yeah. Undefeated record against him. Has Kirby Paul Smart beat Nick Saban in the Alabama Crimson He Tide? definitely did that. You dang right. It took him a while, but he did it. Anyway, look at all these trophies on the wall, man. Go out big game hunting. He stuck that air right through all these teams. One more left to hang on the wall, man. One more team that is America's team, their love fest, man. Everybody in the Northeast loves some Ohio State Buckeyes. Everybody in Midwest America loves the Ohio State Buckeyes. A lot of people in South Carolina that are from Ohio that moved down to Myrtle Beach and Hilton Head, all them places, love the Ohio State Buckeyes. A lot of people who moved, shifted from the Midwest to California love the Ohio State Buckeyes. It's Buckeyes this, it's Buckeyes that. It's been Buckeyes ever since. I can remember watching college football mm-hmm. since Craig Krenzel. Is that his name? Name, Craig, no Craig Krenzel. God, that's a that's a tongue pull right there. It reminds me of a pretzel a tongue when I say that. What I say? I, did you a just mix? Right did you just make your old word up? <laughs> yeah, no, that's a tongue pull. You never heard of that before. I've heard a mouthful. <laughs> I have never, and I've heard of like tongue tied. <laughs> oh, tongue. Okay, I'm gonna make that. Up. You did make your tongue pull. <laughs> so anyway, oh, yeah. okay, keep going. Craig Krenzel. Okay, I don't know if there's an R. For Krenzel or Kenzel. But anyway, when they won it in 2002 with Maurice Crillorette, now they'd be hearing, oh, Ohio State this, Ohio State that. No, come down south and see what is about to happen, baby. Ooh. Big the Big Ten football. Bring them down to Atlanta, Georgia, man. It doesn't set up any better than this for a Georgia football fan. Somebody who hates Big Ten football, who hates Ohio State University, who hates Urban Meyer. I hate Freaking Ezekiel Elliott, whatever his name wow. is. I hate who else have they had? Ted Ginn Jr., Troy Smith. Who else? I, I don't like Ohio State. I don't like the culture. I don't like the painted up faces that all those guys up there in the stands have. I do not like Ohio State, baby. It is time to bring them down to the state of Georgia and let them know what Southeastern Conference football looks like. I've been perusing, Clark, their message boards, all right? Uh-oh. Been perusing their message boards, and they're confident. You know, there's some reasonable takes on there. They could definitely beat Georgia. We're going to get into that. But I love it, baby. I love what they're coming down here bringing. I'm going to love to see what the Ohio State fan base is going to bring to the table. It's time to let it freaking rip, baby. Oh, man. Fired up about this game. This is one we needed. Ohio State's a big trophy. We need to hang on the wall to continue what uh, – had the trophy case with this George football team's done. <laughs> you sound out of breath. <laughs> Adam, listen to this. Out of shape. You know, I don't have Peach Bowl tickets currently. You but after that right there – I, I'm, I'm about to go get some. It's big. It's big. <laughs> Golly. Uh, yeah, w- this is a huge football game. Uh, Georgia leads this series one to nothing. We've only played yes, one other time. It was in 1993 in the Citrus Bowl. Yep. Uh, played against Kirk Herbstreit. Oh, Eric Zyre, Garrison Hurst, Ray yeah. Goss, best season, capping off the 92 season. Yeah. That game right there. Munson had a good call at the end of that. Did it, do, do you know it? I don't know it by heart. No. no but do, he, you, do you know what, what in general what he said? I can't really just make it up. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah, I listened to the call actually the other day. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to beat him. Yeah. Georgia won that game 21 to 14 back in the day in <laughs> Orlando, Florida. Yeah. Uh, Georgia has been to the Peach Bowl six times and is four and two in this bowl game. Uh, Adam, here's a little trivia question for you. The last time we played in the Peach Bowl uh, was obviously 2021. Yes. It was weird. It was, I'm sure it was. It was very weird. Yeah. Very half empty state. Well, quarter, yeah, three quarter empty state. Yeah. Anyway. With COVID. Can you name the offensive and defensive MVPs <laughs> from that Peach Bowl? Offensive MVP. It's kind crap. Of a, was it Aaron Smith? Uh, it's not Aaron not Smith. Smith. It's kind it of a was, trick question. Man. Okay. 
I, I, golly, was it JT Daniels? It was not. You want me to? Let me, who, let me just what, tell you. Yeah, who was Kenny McIntosh? No, it was Jack Podlesny. Was the offensive MVP? Yes. I did not know that. I guess Dang, you can. Court, you got me. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a bit of a trick me. question. Now, defensively, can you name the MVP Jaylen of the 2021 Peach Bowl? Not Jalen, but that is a great guess because he had Davis. a heck of a game. Not JD, number 13. Oh, Aziz Ojalor. I forgot yes. about a big Aziz getting yeah. that ass right. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I put you on the spot. No, that but was you, good. That those was were good. some good well, guesses that was, for sure. Uh, well, I couldn't, you know, thinking back to that, that is right. Aziz did have a big game. I forgot about, <laughs> I forgot about that. You know, a lot's happened since that game. That is very true. Football. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's good. A lot that's of good. wins that's have good. happened yes, since yes. that Yes, yes. Awesome. Awesome, man. Yeah, that was uh, that was an interesting time, man. It was a weird game, weird feel. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, it was during COVID. Uh, we went to that game and, you know, you had four people sitting here and then eight rows down. You know, not loud. Cincinnati right. was excited to be there. Thought we were going to lose that football game. Yeah. And jackpot, clutch kick. So that was awesome. Good mm-hmm. way to cap off the COVID year. I have to believe this is going to be a much different kind of football game. Yeah. A high-powered offensive battle, yes, maybe. Sir. Yes, sir. Definitely. Definitely a rowdier environment. Clark, all eyes of the world. All eyes of the world from Europe to Asia. Oh, really? Down to... Down to Argentina, okay. South America, all the way up to Iceland. <laughs> Everybody and their brother will be watching this football game and singing, uh, may all the um, acquaintance be forgot. What's it? What's may that? All, all the, the acquaintance you know, And then have their horns, you know, and then everybody's going to do that. Everybody, every New Year's Eve party is going to have their finger foods out. And there's going to be, you know, even in, even in like places like in the state of, um, in the state of, um, let, let's just say in Wisconsin, people oh. are going to be snowed in in Wisconsin and they're going to have their New Year's Eve parties. They're going to have their finger foods out and they're going to be having some conversation, some light conversation uh-huh. with the game in the background. Yeah. Everybody's going to see what I'm trying to say with that. Everybody, the joy. Georgia brand is going to be represented. Primetime New Year's Eve, baby. Um, can't wait, man. Can't wait. Always good to be the, the person that's in the spotlight, Clark. Mm-hmm. And the University of Georgia is in the spotlight right now. The evil villain. Everybody, I, you know, I think a lot of people, a lot of people, like I said, in the United States of America, in this great, beautiful country, love Ohio State football. We're going to be wearing their Ohio State jerseys around the nation and cheering on the Buckeyes to knock off yep. the big bad wolf, the Georgia Bulldogs now. So uh, let, let's talk about it, Clark. Let's, let's talk it. about it. Let's, uh, let's break this thing down to what we see how it's going to go sure um well just generally speaking here you know ohio state man and this is something i've been saying all mm-hmm. season they match up with georgia better than i think any other team in Dang the nation right. does yes um i tell you even michigan i think not not as good of a matchup for georgia as uh, ohio state is um they're going to come in and adam i really do believe they're going to have a, one heck of a football game a good performance they but will. I don't know if it's going to be enough. We're going to save score predictions. I do think Georgia's going to win this game. And there's a lot of good reasons why uh, we think this way. I think, Adam, you're yep. on the same page with me. Let's start with OSU, uh, their defense versus Georgia's offense. Let's talk about that matchup. Okay, let's, uh, let's talk about But, yeah, Clark, I, let, let's just go ahead and bring it on down. Now we're getting fired up. We're getting excited about this, talking about, oh, you know, they're coming to Atlanta. And – this is like Clark. You hit the nail on the head. This is a team that can beat Georgia. This is a team besides Alabama that's in the same stratosphere of talent. Who is recruited, you know, in the same stratosphere, um, and ro- and had the management of the roster as you know, in closer to Georgia than anybody that we've played on the schedule, mm-hmm. man. And uh, one thing about this uh, this this team is they definitely can beat you, especially a team that's got a chip on their shoulder, man. Who has had to hear, um, you know, for over a month now. Well, yeah, over a month for about you know having that Michigan loss for a second consecutive year, not going to the Big Ten. Championship 
championship. Ryan Day's being questioned. So, you know, that's tough when you got a wounded animal backed up in the corner. How are they going to react, Clark? How are they going to react? They're either going to fold and once they get hit in the mouth or, you know, they're going to come out firing. And, you know, this is a team that uh, definitely can beat Georgia. It's definitely a game that causes some concern if uh, I feel like, you know, and we'll talk about that on the offensive side of the ball, you know, if turnovers don't go the right way. But, okay, talking about this um, against this Ohio State uh, defense, man. Ohio State's got first-year defense coordinator Jim Knowles, Clark. Jim Knowles is a guy who, um, who is, uh, who, who's been around, a guy who was at Oklahoma State, I think is a, a, a team um, – that's uh that has some good stats on their defense this year. Uh much improved since Knowles has took over um for that unit. Uh I think a team that's been banged up on the defense side of the football this year. And a team that um, you know, is uh is uh Gonna be healthy. Gonna be healthy coming into Atlanta. But I just I, I feel good about Georgia, especially in a controlled climate and environment with our offense, with the guys, the healthy. And on the flip side of that, you're gonna have a ha- healthy AD Mitchell ready to go, right. and a healthy Lad McConkey back. Good Lord willing, and and um you know guys who have kind of rested up. And you saw it towards the tail end of the year, some guys who really needed this 28 day break, mm-hmm. you know. And um I feel like we're gonna be good to go on the offensive side of the football. This is a venue we played in two times already this year, Clark, and scored 49 and 50 points in man. And um, I feel like this is going to be something with this Ohio State team, um, Clark. I, I hope that what we do, what Georgia does on both sides of the football is come out early and punch them in the mouth. Yeah. Let them know that if you're going to beat Georgia, you're going to have to be physical. You're going to have to be as physical as Georgia is. Um, and I think it's going to be something that uh, you know, we're going to spread that defense out, man. I think you're going to have some uh, some uh, five-wide looks, some four-wide receiver looks, spread them out a little bit and uh, get 19 ball a lot and then maybe establish a running game first and then hit some explosive plays downfield, man. And um, I feel good about Georgia putting up points against this defense. Clark. Mm-hmm. I really do. Yeah, and I mean, they've got a good defense. Uh, I think they're one of the better ones in the nation. Mm-hmm. Granted, have they played anybody yet? I don't know. I mean, that's up. <laughs> that's how, you know, that's up for your uh, judgment. But, you know, they've played some solid talent, I think, uh, including Michigan. But you saw what Michigan did to them, and they exposed them. And, and one of the things that Michigan the did, they ran the football, but they also, they got those one-on-one matchups, and they attacked the, the you know, the perimeter of the field – Ohio State got burned several times. Yeah. Their secondary, uh, I think, got exposed. Granted, you could say the same thing about Georgia's uh, against LSU. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Um, it's a little give and take. But, you know, I think really where we're going to hurt these guys is, A, running the football and then and then establishing the deep ball, throwing yes, it downfield. And no better player um, to have on your team than A.D. Mitchell uh, yes, for sir. that purpose. So, stretch field yes. a little bit. So I think he's going to have a huge impact on this game, Adam. I think a lot of people, Clark, think about what a lot of what Georgia's offense was, you know, a few of these games that we've seen this year where they – were really a lot more heavy on the running game, and then got into the uh, the red zone and couldn't punch it in there. And and mm-hmm. and, and don't think that this offense could be explosive, Clark. This offense can one hundred percent be explosive, man. And you're gonna see it wide open. I'm I'm very fired up about what Todd Monken's uh, game plan is gonna be. There's no better offense coordinator quarterback combo than Stetson Bennett and Todd Monken that you would rather have mm-hmm. if you're Georgia in this game from an experienced standpoint of reading defense, of getting guys in the right plays, man. And you're not gonna have any weather to dictate like we did up in Lexington, Kentucky. 
you a few yeah. weeks ago about uh, you know what we're going to do. But I feel like it's going to be a bounce game, man. And I do feel like Clark will get hopefully getting that second half, man. I'm hoping, and what I'm hoping Clark happens is Georgia just punches Ohio State in the mouth. They haven't been punched in the mouth like this before. Mm. Like this is uh, this is Michigan on steroids punching them in the mouth. And uh, you know we get physical with them, man. And uh, you got Kendall Milton, Clark, a guy who's really come into his own the past couple games. I feel like that hamstring is uh, getting back to you know closer to 100. percent You're seeing some burst out of him. You're seeing large amount of yards per carry that he's having, man. And, you know, this is a guy you got to watch out for number two maybe coming in mm-hmm. and feasting. Of course, Kenny McIntosh, when he's in the game, the threat he is out of the backfield to catch the football in space and make a play. Yeah. You're going to have these guys healthy and ready to go, man. It's going to be a good game plan. And uh, the thing is, Clark, don't un- – you know, when I think Kirby Smart has only lost one game at the University of Georgia when he's had more than two weeks to prepare for mm. the game. And that was the yeah. Texas game. And there was some locker room stuff that you could say about that in that Sugar Bowl after the 2018 season. But every big game after that, every game, you know, the first playoff game, everything that he's been in, uh, he's 2-0 and in playoff games right. um, until the national championship, I guess, the first round is what I mean. So he's a guy that you give him time to game plan, man. You give Todd Munkin time to game plan the same way. Um, you know, it, uh, special things happen, Clark. Sure. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what this offense is going to do. I think you're going to see him come out firing, man. Yeah. I'm not, you know, it might not be that everybody just runs the ball straight down their throat. Fire. Yes, they're going to, but I think it's going to be a very balanced attack. And I think they want to go up tempo, and I think they want to spread the field out. They're going to do that too, and hit some hit some shots deep down, like you said, Clark. Get some one on one stuff, and and uh, it's going to be exciting to see, mm-hmm. man. Um, linebacker play for Ohio State is going to dictate a lot, man. Sure. And defensive line play. What kind of push is our offensive line going to get, man? Mm-hmm. What kind of push? What kind of time steps is going to be? What kind of holes going to open up? Get that running game going. And I feel like Clark, if we can bust off and establish a run game at the first half, that second half is when you're going to see that that that. that Signature Georgia, impose your will, Clark, mm-hmm. and move the football. Even though they know we're going to run the football, Clark. Even though they know going to run, we're going to run the football. We're going to line up with two tight ends, and we're going to run the ball between the tackles, and we're going to gain four or five yards per carry, and they know it's coming. They can't do anything about it. That is what <laughs> I love, and uh, hopefully that's where we see this Georgia mm-hmm. team and this offense in the second half in Atlanta. Yeah. Well, Adam, hopefully we get in the red zone. Uh, Georgia is the best in the country in terms of uh, red zone offense. Ohio State, listen to this, has one of the worst red zone defenses. I think they're ranked oh, really? 121st I didn't know that. in terms of percentages. So uh, they give up a red zone score nearly 91% of the time. Uh, and I think Georgia's is closer to like 60% of the time yeah. they're scoring in the red. I mean, that, that's a stark difference. So uh, really, really impressed uh, by the way Georgia has finished in the red zone. Albeit, you know, uh, we, we talk about, you know, not putting up seven. And yes, that can hurt you, especially when you're playing a team like Ohio State. If you don't, if you don't score seven in the red zone, that's when uh, things start to go a little sideways and we, we may be in trouble. Uh, but, you know, we do put points on the board when we do get in the red zone, so we got to keep doing that. Adam, the one thing that has concerned me in each game uh, this season is turnovers. Yeah. And for whatever yeah. reason, we've just had a, a surplus of turnovers this year, and uh, that, that that's one thing we've got to be super careful about It's not making those stupid, you know, plays where you do turn the ball over and, and give them right. extra chances to score. So Right. I agree, Clark. That's uh, that's 100%. But um, as far as uh, Georgia's offense, I think um, it's going to be pivotal that uh, if Ohio State tries to uh, bring five, you know, pressure that uh, you, 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 uh, you, you let them pay for it trying to do yeah. this, man. You get Brock Bowers in single cover streaking across the middle, you know, little slants and stuff, and you, you burn them. And Stetson's mm-hmm. good at that, man. And I think that's something that's uh, – that uh that George is going to be able to do and capitalize on man I see him scoring over forty points I really do yeah. and uh I mean it's it's going to be something that uh I think Tone 
Is it Tommy Eichenberg? Is that the name? I don't I have not watched Ohio State much this year. Mm. Uh, but I, a linebacker that I think is pretty good for him. I think he's been dinged up, had a couple broken hands or something. But what? something, yeah, I think somebody who uh, who who's a pretty good guy in that second level for Ohio State. You know, you get there and you limit him. And uh, some of these guys, they got some talented guys on the perimeter, I believe. And uh, but. You know, it's something that you could say, hopefully they haven't seen anything like Georgia, mm-hmm. and maybe they're not ready for the explosiveness that, that Georgia is going to come out with, man, that everybody thinks that Ohio State's offense has. And they do, Clark, they and do. they do. But, you know, Georgia flies under the radar being they able do. to do that. Hey, you know, if it gets in a shootout, Georgia, I'm I'm, I'm fine with saying Georgia's going to score over 40. And we used to they not can. could say that. We, we used no. to not. We used to pray that we'd never get in a shootout, you know, in, in 2019. But, yeah. We yeah. can't keep up with a team no, like no, LSU. But, but but now, man, if you want to go and you know, if it, you know, you don't want it to get that way. No, That's not no, how no. Georgia the, the standard of play is. But you know, when they want to, when Monken wants to unleash it, man, mm-hmm. with Stetson, they could do it. So, yeah. and I feel like this is going to be a game where it's going to come out aggressive from the beginning to the very end, Clark. And yeah, I'm well, excited about it. If anybody has thought up to this point, including myself, if anybody has thought that we've been holding out offensively as far as play calling goes. We we don't have to wait anymore. Uh, yes, yeah. we're gonna we're we're definitely gonna have some stuff up our sleeve, and yeah, I mean what you said, Adam, with a month of prep, Todd Munkin and Kirby Smart on both sides of the ball. There's gonna be yeah. a lot of yeah. of new things that Ohio State's probably haven't they probably haven't seen on film, and you know it's probably gonna be the same for us. We've got to be uh, aware as well of of but what they can do. You hit the nail on the head though, Clark. With you cannot have handoffs like it what happened in the SEC championship where you know miscommunication on that and fumbles. Mm-hmm. I this is a team, Ohio State's a team that you cannot afford to give them two free possessions. Right. You cannot turn the ball over two times against Ohio State and I feel like feel good about where you're at with mm-hmm. them because this is a team that can beat you if you give them free possessions, yeah. especially um, inside Georgia's own territory like that. Give them, you know, a short field. And uh, it's a team that can beat you and beat you in a hurry and a team that could jump up on you. So that's one thing that, like you said, Clark, has been a concern this year is um, is uh, being able to uh, protect the ball and not turn it over. I, I feel good about Stetson not forcing any bad passes. Yeah. But I, I think I'm more concerned about running backs fumbling the ball mm-hmm. or uh, mishandled exchanges on handoffs and stuff. and Or, uh, Lord forbid, a, yeah. a punt going straight right, through the right, arms right. of Vlad Something McCarty. like that. Something like that. Yeah. You know, you just – this is a team where you really do need to play – Pretty good. I mean, I think, yeah, obviously you could give it. But I think if you get over two or more turnovers, we're in trouble. Mm-hmm. This is, is a team. And then, but, you know, this has been something that throughout the year you had it and you've been fine. You've right. been, but this is a team against Ohio State. You get into the level now, Clark, that you have got to protect the football. You can't turn over the football, man, and expect to win these games. That's true. Uh on the flip side, let's start talking about uh, Ohio State's offense versus this Georgia's is a defense. Big, this is a big this matchup. This is a big matchup. Everybody's talking about. And speaking of turnovers, uh, this is one thing I just want to throw out right quick um, while we're on the turnover mm-hmm. subject. Mm-hmm. They don't turn the ball over very much. In yeah. fact, I think they've only turned it over 10 times this season, a total of 10 mm-hmm. times. So uh, you, we may get one, maybe, hopefully. Yeah. Maybe more than that. But, uh, you know, they protect the ball, and C.J. Stroud is really, really uh, accurate with his passes. Uh He's had only, I want to say, maybe four interceptions all season. That's, wow. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, 
that they, they, their offense is very impressive, Clark. And uh, they have Ryan Day has a reputation as a big offensive guru, and uh, as much as Irv. And CJ Stroud has been good for a couple of years now. And a guy who was uh, very, very, and it's going to be a guy who's going to be a starter in the NFL one day. Oh, yeah. And um, a guy, like you said, Clark, he's more of a pocket passer, guy who stands in the pocket. Not, he I think he's only had like 64 total rush yards all year. I know it's mm. under 100 all year. So a guy that's not one of these guys that's going to get out of the pocket in a hurry and, um, and, and scramble and beat you with his legs, but a guy who's deadly accurate with the football. Marvin Harrison Jr. might be the best wide receiver in the nation. I know um, the Tennessee guy, old Hyatt, won the Blitnikoff, but um, Harrison's a guy, Clark, that uh, it can make a lot of t- catches in um, – in contested areas, you right. know, you can put Stroud puts in a small window, and uh, Harrison makes some unbelievable grabs with it, man. And you got these, uh, you got these guys. This offense has been good for a long time now. The guys have played a lot of football together, Clark. And one thing, you know, everybody's talking about with the Tennessee offense. I think it's Clark. It's a little bit different. I could be off base saying this, but I think the Tennessee offense was so good at really just, just. Running down the field, trying to get post routes goes, getting miscommunication, mm-hmm. wide splits, and uh, you know, crossing route, get DBs confused, and and kind of feasted off that, right. trying to find something, and then guys. But I think these wide receivers as Ohio State run NFL routes and NFL concepts mm-hmm. that are just and they're dang good route runners. They man. are. They're dang good route runners and and can kill you. Yeah. Can kill you if uh if and, you're not playing good good um defense in the third level or getting yeah. on to the quarterback. I definitely think the CJ Stroud to Marvin Harrison Jr. connection is just insane. I mean they throw so many back shoulder things too. Even when you cover it perfectly, you know, a back shoulder pass is hard to, to, hard oh, it to is. stop. Yes. But that but that speaks to how good CJ Stroud is and and these receivers, and it's not just Marvin Harrison Jr., it's uh, Emeka Egbuka. Yeah. They're both a 1,000-yard receivers. Uh, they got a guy named Julian Fleming. Yes. Julian right. Fleming, I think, is going to be the wild card, Clark. I think you got uh, Egbuka. Is that, is that Egbuka, yeah, Egbuka and Harrison are the guys, you know, that you, you kind of – you target on. You think, man, that's where Lassiter and Ringo's going to be at. I hope mm-hmm. they got to step up. And, and you can, you can spend so much time, I feel like, focusing on those guys when you got a, a, a solid three guy like that mm-hmm. and Julian Fleming who, uh, who could feast, who can feast in that. But that is why Kirby Clark, that being said about that offense, Offense, Clark. That being said about that offense, that type of offense, this type of football has been the teams that have won national championships here lately in this new era of college football, Clark. But no, what Kirby Paul Smart has done in Athens is get elite defensive talent who can slow that offense down, Clark. And, um, you know, if there's anybody you want to see on a field against this all-world everything Ohio State offense, man. It is the guys, it is the talent level that is in the back end of that Georgia secondary, in that second level, and in that front level court. It is these guys. It's what it's been built up for. What Kirby Smart has built this defense, and um, Glenn Schumann and Will Muschamp, is for games like this, Clark. Yeah, period, I agree. Period. And a lot of people are turning their heads to that. You know, college football is going away. That they're not wanting to play. That you know, get these 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 guys, these big physical corners, these these guys who can match up with this type of offense. Mm-hmm. They're just trying to build their offenses up to the same level and standard and win shootouts, man. But no, Kirby's saying, hey, I want to play these offenses. That's what you know. When the lights are on, when it is prime time, like it is going to be New Year's Eve that Saturday night. This is what this team has been built for, Clark. And mm-hmm. I can't, I can't, I can't wait for it, man. Heck of a challenge of game. This very easily could yeah. get beat in but uh this is what it's all about man this is what georgia football's culture is all about it's going against teams and offenses like ryan day has in columbus right and and you know you know good and well that keely ringo kamari laster chris smith all these guys in our secondary have been hearing it from kirby yeah uh, and schumann and Muschamp and whoever else is on the staff about how 
how they've got to step up. You yeah. know, because the last time we saw them on a football field, they got torched they did. in the third and fourth quarter they did. of that game. And, uh, you know, they, they've been hearing it, and they've been hearing how good Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be and how yeah. good these Ohio State receivers will you, be. I, I, I have to believe they're going to come out playing with their hair on fire. I think they will, Clark. I think they will, man. And, you know, you hopefully hopefully you think maybe that third and fourth quarter they knew. They were up 35-10. Right. But still, nonetheless, that's unacceptable. Yeah, that's not is. standard Georgia play. And Kirby Smart mm-hmm. said that afterwards. So, we're going to see. We're going to find out if they're going to step up or if they play like that. It could be a long night for Georgia. Mm. And, um, you know, and I, but I think they will. Clark, 28 days more practice, too, man. You yeah. know, a lot of people don't realize the growth in players, especially young guys like Georgia has from the end of the SEC championship game until um, New Year's when they mm-hmm. play these bowl games that Georgia's been in here recently. Clark, you know, I feel like A.D. Mitchell was the guy on offense last year that you saw the last two games in the playoffs that just took another jump, man. You have these guys that take jumps and leaps in this practice time. Who's it going to be? Is it going to be a young defense back? Is it going to be a Nylon Green, Dalen Everett? Or is it going to be Kamari last year just keeps getting better as the season goes? One could say one of the better uh, cover corners, even more so than number five, even though number five is good. And uh, Javon Bullard has been elite he in has, coverage, golly. man. So that's the thing is you got big guys on the outside like um like Ringo and uh and and um Kamari uh, uh, Lasseter about a brain lapse there. I'm just so <laughs> jacked up, but you have those guys. But you know, for a, a third guy like that, Fleming, you know, a lot of guys don't have that elite third defensive mm-hmm. back. But Bullard's a guy you, that could do that. But you're going to have to have phenomenal secondary play, Clark. You're going to have to have Malachi Starks, man. He's no longer freshman. Mm-hmm. You know, him and Lasseter, no longer freshman, man. They're going to they're gonna have to have, we're going to have to have big games from those guys in the back end. Chris Smith is going to have to have another elite performance. I think he will. He absolutely will. He yeah. knows his time, you know, this is one of the last couple games he's going to put on the red and black, man. Want to go out, uh, you know, like he has been doing his whole career. And Starks is a guy who's going to have to play good on that other side, man. And I think if you get elite play like these guys are capable of doing in the third level, Clark, mm. you're going to be good. That being said, you got to have them playing at an elite level because I think what you saw in the SEC championship, Clark, against uh, Jaden Daniels and even uh, Nussmeyer uh, was more of a, a zone, soft zone coverage. Yeah. Clark. It was a zone that uh, you didn't want. Daniels to beat you with his legs. I think we're going to see more pressure, more of what we did against uh, Hendon Hooker in a sense. You're going to mm-hmm. see a lot more four or five coming consistently. And I, well, it's going to tell a lot what the battle in the trenches is going to be. What you know, Ohio State's got some elite linemen too, but how's you know how they're going to handle 88? What's the push going to be? If we could get pressure on CJ Stroud, Clark, and we get physical like this team is built to do. We're going to be good. But is it going to be if you – but, you know, C.J. Stroud's a quarterback who if you don't get home and you can't and, – and, and you're getting Stonewall bringing five, he could pick you apart, Clark. Oh, yeah. He could pick you apart. So, yeah, they've got a – Hopefully gr- we get home. They've got a great offensive line. They've only given up eight sacks all season. Uh, so, it's going to be tough to Ooh, get there. Man. But what a heck of a challenge what a, for, what an for these guys. Yeah, I mean – What an opportunity. Yeah, I mean, you hear it said all the time. The battle is won in the trenches. And, you and dang definitely it, is, it cannot be more true for this kind of a matchup. So – Really excited about this. Um, I tell you, Adam, one-on-one matchups are going to be huge on the outside. Yeah. They they love to get those anytime they can. Uh, and and Georgia, look, Georgia is not going to play this soft zone crap. No, you don't. We're going to line gonna up and right in front of them and put, put, put pads on them, punch them off their route, and, and, and get Put going. a hat on a hat, baby, <laughs> and let them know what yeah. kind of physical style ball we play down here mm-hmm. in the southeast, man. I think, I, in my personal opinion, Clark, my personal opinion is Ohio State soft. I don't think Ooh. they want physical ball in play. I think they want track meets. I don't think they want to line up hat on a hat and and, and really get I – don't, I don't think they will. Well, I, I mean, think that C.J. Stroud is a dang good quarterback, yeah. but – that being said, Clark, he could pick you apart if you don't get to him. But if you get to him, 
if you get to him, Clark, I think you could rattle him a mm-hmm. bit, Clark. So I think it's going to – we're going to tell early in this contest if we're getting C.J. Stroud, we're getting some licks on him, but disrupting some timing, man, uh, it, it's going to be a fun night. I think we're yeah. going to limit them. But, Clark, if you get there now and we're sending some – you know, we're sending Bullard off the edge some and their tackles are picking it up, running backs picking it up, and we're sending about five guys and not getting home, and then Stroud's picking us apart with, like you said, them back shoulder fro- throws, one-on-one coverages like that. Oh, watch yeah. out. So well, we're going to see. There's a difference between sending a guy like Javon Bullard off the edge when you have to and when you want to. Right, you exactly. Know, if, you, exactly. If, we're, if we're, I mean, because you look at back, back at that Tennessee game, we didn't necessarily have to go pressure no. Hendon Hooker. We could have played covers like we did exactly. all day. And that's a great but, point. But when we started saying, hey, we need to go attack, let's, let's, we want to go attack him at this yeah. point. Let's go take it now. That's when we got there. That's you a know? dang good take, Clark. Um, so, you know, if we could get home consistently with just four. Right. You know, if you yeah. get pressure and a good push with just four, that's, that's going to be a good sign. That's when the tide really turns. That's when you th- really throw them off their game. Both sides of the line of scrimmage. Obviously, I mean, this is such a cliche answer. But really for this game, it is, Clark. And you're going to tell early, I think, is Georgia offensive line on the offensive side of the football going to get a good push, establish a running game, give Stetson Bennett time? And is the, on the flip side, is the defensive line going to get a good push and, uh, yeah. and, get, um, and be able to Rush, uh, Rush Stroud, and 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 I think this is a guy who's not going to be able to be a Bryce. And I could eat crow for this, but I don't think he's a guy that's going to be elusive like Bryce Young. And you feel like you got him, and then he escapes the pocket and right. throws on the run downfield for thirty yards. Yeah. I think this is a guy that you really can get to, you get home to, and hit him a couple times, mm-hmm. and really kind of kind of get right. I don't think he likes to get hit, Clark. I really I really do not think he likes a physical contact of the game of football. And Georgia's got the dogs, baby, that could really introduce him mm-hmm. to that type of game we want to play. Well, and that's it. Yeah, and they, you know, he checks down a lot when when he's feeling pressure. Mm-hmm. Uh, just from my very limited uh, film study of yeah. Ohio State, you know, I watch a lot of their Michigan game. But one thing that they they tend to do is drop it off to the backs. I yeah. mean, it, so you know, CJ Stroud, if he's feeling pressure, he's going to get it to a guy like Mayan Williams. Yeah, he's a short little stocky back. With yeah, some good speed. Yeah, but, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. There, Mayan Williams. I like that. All right. Yeah, he's a five nine number. Blah blah. blah. Yeah, he's going to go number one in the draft. Yeah. Um, no, but that, that's the thing. That's what makes him so dangerous. Is you know he he can pick you apart. Um, even draw, dumping it off to his his uh, uh his running back, you know, on yeah. the check down or something. So, I don't know. You got to cover the whole field. I think uh, Clark, you're going to see them utilize a lot of tunnel screens and quick screens, yeah. like bubble screens, however you want to call it. They're just kind of like getting the ball outside on the perimeter, man. And what's going to be key about that, Clark? Open field tackling. And what George has been good at a lot this season is you're going to have to good, have good play from the linebackers, from the guys in the secondary, Javon Bullard, some of these guys. When they're out, in the, like, dumping the ball off the running backs or these quick screens, man, is when they try to make a move on you, you know, not and you're, it's just one-on-one situations, open field, being able to wrap up, contain that, man. And I feel like, too, DB's getting off blocks from these wide mm-hmm. receivers, man, and blowing up these tunnel screen plays. I think yeah. they're going to look a lot back on what Kent State did. If, if you recall, Kent State had some success, man. They did. Some tunnel I screens can't believe we're talking but, about I mean, Kent But it's, State it's the truth. Right. That's what Ryan Day and that offense staff is going to look, look at. Where is Georgia's defense been vulnerable at at times, man? They're going to look back at stuff like that. And I think you're going to see that utilized, man. And then obviously, if we're pointing that out, that's going to be something that yeah. they're going to do. Of course, the uh, Glenn Schumann's, Kirby Smarts, and Will Muschamps of the world are doing it. And of course, the that are going in Athens is for these these DBs to be ready, and they have been. They're, they're, they get the, the body, the physicality that they have. They'll be able to do it. I'm excited, man. This is, it boils down to this, Clark. 
I feel like this is the matchup when we were in July talking about that Georgia and Ohio State were on a collision course, man. Or either, you know, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, this collision course. That's where all the talent is. That's where all these, the, you know, the big-name guys were at the preseason, man. Everybody and their brother thought it would be Ohio State, Alabama in the national championship. Mm-hmm. It's Georgia and Ohio State right now in the playoff. And uh, it boils down to this is a team, court that can easily beat you if you're not on your A game. But as has been said time and time again, it is true for what the culture at Georgia has been built to, Clark, what the talent has been accumulated, the player development, the player development that has happened in Athens, Georgia, unlike other places that's got these talents come in, but the player development on top of the talent and the culture, Clark, this is where it shines on national television mm-hmm. right here, man. You're either a leader or you're not, yep. man. And you line up and you live for these games. I mean, who cares? Yeah, oh, TCU or somebody, USC would have been a good draw. Give us the best of the best, man. This team is built on defense, Clark. I truly feel like that's the culture. That's what we love is defense. Those guys up there, it's all about offense, high-flying offense. It's a collision course, man. This is what football is all about, baby. Yeah. This is what the standard of Georgia played. The, the football that we like, Clark, is strong physical defense, physicality versus the wide-open Track meet Ohio State style, man. What's going to win? What's going to happen? Who's going to show up? Who's going to want it more, baby? Who's going to have enough dog in them to get in there and uh, and make it happen? I think the University of Georgia will be ready to go New Year's Eve, man. It's a heck of an opportunity. Oh, yeah. Heck of an opportunity, man. Oh, yeah. Well, that pretty much wraps up our analysis. Uh, oh, wait. One more thing I want to say. Give it to us, baby. Give us another one. Give us another <laughs> oh, this one. This is just a little bit. Uh, Ohio State, they, they score an average of 44 and a half points I, per game. But will they do it against the dogs? We'll see. But I love it. I love it, Clark, because it is. It is. It is. It's good on good, baby. It's yeah. good on good. Hey, you know, these guys, you're playing the best of your best. And, you know, another thing to, to, to really fire up both sides is these guys all are big draft picks. It's going to be a lot of good film against yeah. the best of the best, man. So, hey, Keely Ringo, baby, you go out there and you make you some money. Jalen mm-hmm. Carter, man, you're going to go up against some guys who are pretty good on that offensive line. But, hey, are they better than number 88? That's what we want to find out. Kamari, last year, you're going to have to grow up, son. This is a big game for growing up. You have been. You kept doing it. Malachi <laughs> son. This is a big game. You're no longer a freshman. You're going to have to come out there, baby, and play good discipline ball over the top, baby. We've got to be disciplined, Clark. We can't just be, you know, if we're going to gamble on, you know, these these falling backwards, jumping up in the air that they like to do. We can't have a receiver right behind us and nobody within 15 <laughs> yards of them after that. Yeah. So we're going to have to limit our – you know, we're going to have to make just good, sound, discipline plays on the back. This is what I love. I love – third-level defense, Clark. Yep. That is where I love to see these guys at. And this is the <laughs> game that's going to test them the most is with these guys, Malachi Starks, Chris Smith, Kamari Lassiter, um, Javon Buller, Keely Ringo. Hey, Dalen Everett, baby, could this be the coming out party? What guys stepped up in this little window of practice, man, on the offense or defense side of the football that's going to make a difference, man? Who made that leap? Who made that leap? Mm. That's what I'm ready to see. I love how you were addressing them as if they, they were watching or listening. <laughs> to us. <laughs> hey, yeah, I, I love that. Oh, man. All right, let's... Yeah, baby. We're going to save our score prediction for just a little bit longer. Uh, let's jump to... What an opportunity. Some other bowls. What an opportunity. Yes, what an opportunity. <laughs> what hey, as you used to say, Adam, to the players in the dog walk back in the day, this is why this you is come why to you, Georgia. This is why you come to Georgia right here, man. Uh, exactly and this right. is why you listening are a Georgia fan for That's this it. kind of a matchup. Dang it. Right. Oh, man. At least you're not in one of these bowls that we're about to talk about. We're going we're to talk about some of the New Year's Six bowls, the, the lesser than bowls, if Yep, you will. the lesser than bowls. Yeah, that's let's, right. Let's start with the, the cute bowls. The cute, it's cute. bowls. Yeah, it's I like cute. that. Yeah. You know, a good glorified scrimmage to end the year yeah. that these guys are doing. <laughs> well, the first glorified scrimmage we're going to talk about <laughs> is the Capital One Bowl. 
Uh, or, sorry, excuse me. The Capital One Orange Bowl. Big yeah. difference. Oh, I'll throw back there. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be played in Hard Rock Stadium, Miami, Florida, where we played last year. Right, December. Yeah, December 30th, Friday at 8 o'clock p.m. We've got Tennessee versus Clemson. Adam, this is the, uh, a.k.a. the We Lost to South Carolina Bowl. Yeah, the we, that we thought we were having a good season got derailed by South Carolina Bowl. Did you happen to see where uh, some South Carolina fan was planning on hiring someone to fly a plane over the Orange Bowl. Did they get it done? I don't know. It's going to happen. I, I hope it does. That would be that, that would be great. But the, play, the, the message was going to say something along the lines of uh, Shane Beamer is your daddy. Shane Beamer is your daddy, essentially. South Carolina yeah. is your daddy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Did you that see is, that? I did see, I okay. did see some rumblings of that. That's, yeah. that's, 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 that's good stuff. That's good stuff. I love it. I hate Tennessee. I hate Clemson. Yeah. Dabo, every time he talks, I just dislike him a little more. <laughs> Josh Heupel, nah. What whatever, but I hate Tennessee. I don't like their fan base, man. I love that this team thought that th- this is Tennessee's big year. Oh yeah, this is Tennessee's big year. Oh yeah. So Joe Milton, man, big opportunity to try to you know get a leg up on the start quarterback in Knoxville next year. Cade Club, the Clemson heir, uh, DJ Uyungale, our good friend DJ Uyungale, who friend was the, of the show, who was the first opposing quarterback to be reviewed at the beginning of the row sixty. Ah, yeah, you're yeah, right. You know, right. our first episode inaugural. was that Clemson game, the inaugural season opening episode. We were pronounced DJ Uyungale. So, you know, remembrance of him and his time at Clemson going to Oregon State, Coral Vallis. Um, Clark, I tell you what, man, um, I, Joe Mil- Jalen Hyatt, Joe Milton, uh, I'm hitting Hooker, obviously not playing. <sighs> Give me Clemson. I hate yeah. it. I hate it. But I think Clemson's <laughs> going to win this game against a uh, Tennessee team who's not what they were uh, in the regular season. And I hate that. I would have loved to have seen Tennessee's best against Clemson's best. But, you know, Jalen Hyatt not playing. Hooker can't play because of injury. It wasn't an opt-out on mm-hmm. his part because I want to give the kid um, credit, you know, for that. But um, I just think Clemson's going to win this football game. They're, uh, Joe Milton's not accurate up with the football. And there's some talent on defense at Clemson. And uh, I think they'll move the ball on Tennessee's defense, Clark. Yeah, I think Clemson's defense is the difference in this game. Uh, they are favored, by the way, by six and a half okay. points. That, might, that line may or may not have moved since uh, I wrote that down. Um, yeah, it, I, I hate Clemson. I hate Tennessee. I'm like you. Fun game, boys. Gosh, just a bunch of ugly, gaudy orange in one place. Mm. Ugh, I'd puke if I were there. Okay, next is the v, the Verbo, the VRBO uh, Fiesta Bowl. Mm. Oh, wait, hold up. Actually, sorry. Whoa, a little premature, Clark. That's a let's, big one. Let's, let's go, X go, that out. Go on. Hold on. All right, all right. Let, let's Pivot. start with the one. Audible. Bo- yeah, Audible. Yeah, yeah. Let's go with the All-State the Sugar Bowls, Bowl. Yes. Yeah, the All-State Sugar Bowl. Uh, we got the Alabama Crimson Tide versus the Kansas State Wildcats at noon on December 31st. Love it. Alabama fans playing on New Year's <laughs> Eve. Would have thought that they'd be in the Fiesta or the Peach. Yeah. But no, that is not it. They are the they're the appetizer, if you will. Yeah, I like that. The appetizer. Okay. They're the, they're going to they're going to start it up, you know, just right. get some good football, you know, just good good entertainment before sure. before the big games, you know. Uh one thing I will say, good on Bryce Young and Will Anderson, how Saban does it. Yeah. The has a culture there, and I think, you know, the same thing in Athens of guys not opting out. They're going to play. I, I would be shocked if they decide mm-hmm. to come back. But I do think this is just them saying, hey, we're going to just go ahead and suit it up in New Orleans one more time for Alabama. Because of that, Clark, because of that, Alabama wins big. 
Big. Ooh, big. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you. I have Alabama winning by about 10. Okay. Um, I don't know if that's considered big or not. Hey, let me ask you this. A little uh, trivia question okay. here. Uh, the Sugar Bowl has been played in NOLA every year since 1935, <laughs> except for one year. What year was that, mm. and where was it played instead? It was the 06 one after the 05 season. George played West Virginia, Atlanta. I know because I was there, and it was miserable. I had to go to school the next day, and we got beat by Rich Rodriguez in West Virginia and Pat <laughs> yeah, White yeah. and Steve Slate. It was terrible. That 05 SEC championship team, Yeah, I, I think if it was in New Orleans, we would have won. But coming mm-hmm. back to Atlanta, and it just wasn't, it didn't go right. We, we're, we, were, we got some momentum back, and then Rich Rod ran a fake punt. Yeah. And uh, just – was awful mm. but yes that was it because okay. of Katrina, you got, Katrina yes you're, you're right correct uh, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I remember that way too well unfortunately oh man yeah good good uh good memory there Adam yeah. all right next is the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic we got USC versus Tulane interesting uh that is out in Texas on January 2nd one huh. o'clock you know, man, I mean, is Southern Cal going to be fired up to be in Dallas and play in the Tulane Green Wave and Willie Fritz in the Green Wave, man? I, I tell <laughs> I you know. what, I, give me Tulane. Okay. Give me Tulane. Give me Tulane. I, I don't know. I probably would backfire. I think USC will win, but maybe Tulane wants it more, Clark. And, I mean, I, they might not be able to stop Caleb, but I don't know. USC, that's a soft football team. They Clark. are. They don't like to get hit in the mouth. That's true. That's a soft football team right there and uh i think uh maybe mm. Tulane, you know has a little bit more fight and a little bit more dog in them and puts a hat okay. on the hat and uh wants to be there more usc missing out on the playoff losing again to utah pac-12 uh Tulane. why not hmm. why not adam i had usc but i'm gonna go with you Tulane, right, give, me, give me Tulane. the great uh, way baby. i have not watched any Tulane football this year to be quite honest yep. but uh yeah, USC, they're tackling. After I saw yeah. their performance, their defensive defense. performance against yeah. um, Utah, yeah. Yeah. no. I, they did some good field tackling and wrapping up. Just going back to the sound fundamental practices yeah. of the game of football. Yeah. I hope this what was that drill where you, you line up maybe five yards from each other and you just meet uh, no, like on a, in a triangle? You your, well, you get your hat across. You get your hat across. You get your hat across the chest. Right this is there. good but demonstration. You, you, don't, you don't lean. Yeah, you don't go with leaning with the right. Break your neck, but you get to, you're up and you get through. And then, you know, you're, you're you shoot your hips. with your feet. You shoot, yeah, shoot. And then you're wrapping up. You're grabbing the shoulder. You're wrapping up. <laughs> Adam, and you're going, yeah, so. what we need to do is, is demonstrate <laughs> this in a separate video. <laughs> But should we tackle each other? Or yes, should, yes. Oh, of course, okay, of course, okay. Yes. I was about to say, maybe we should just yes. find a dummy or like go to Franklin County days, High School. Man, and then you would, you know, you'd bring your legs up and then and then whistle blown. Yeah, man. But yeah, just, just getting that head across the chest, man, and getting up, getting and wrapping up, you know, <laughs> wrapping up. Make sure, yeah. Anyway. Oh, USC. Good gracious. All right. Rose Bowl game, January 2nd. That's a Monday, 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Out in Pasadena, we got oh. Penn State versus Utah. Give me Utah big, Clark. Mm. Penn State don't need to be there. They didn't earn that. They're the third Big Ten team. Yes, yeah. Big Ten has two in the playoffs, so by default, they have to have a Big Ten team in the Rose Bowl. And uh, Penn State just opened up the back door, and James Franklin fell back, and look, he's in Pasadena hmm. when he should be in Tampa Bay or Orlando. Orlando. Yeah. That's LSU. Or the uh, Tax Slayer Bowl, whatever. Or the Tax Slayer Bowl. I don't, but, yeah, he shouldn't be at the Rose Bowl hmm. this year, this particular team. I don't think Utah lost a close one to Ohio State in a classic last year. Give me the Utes, baby. Okay, okay. Give me the Utes wanting to avenge that. They're excited to be there. They're going to do it. Yeah. I hate to just pick alongside with you, but I'm going to do it, too. I mean, Utah, I love this team. Yeah. I really do. I kind of love them. They've got the right colors. Good moxie. I like the state of Utah. Good moxie, Good moxie yes. They've got a heck of a tight end. 
uh, Kincaid. You like the got, state of Utah? No, I'm just saying it's just a pretty state, you know. I see. I've, I've never actually touched down in Utah, but, like, I've seen pictures, and I've flown over I, Utah. Yeah, there's a lot of mountains. Yeah. Ski resorts. Yeah. Some stuff. Uh, Mormons. Mormon. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not laughing at Mormons. It's just the – that's the, way, the, the way the way you presented that. I was just yeah, saying, yeah. okay, all right. The yeah. way you delivered that That's is what I was like. Oh, oh man, <laughs> this just in. Row sixty host <laughs> makes fun of Mormons. No, I didn't. I I laughed at the way Adam delivered that. Mm. Oh gosh, I'm just digging myself a deeper hole. I think. All right. All right. <laughs> okay, let's go back to the uh, VRBO Verbo Rebo. Vrebo. You remember that? Oh, they did a big campaign with Tim Tebow talking about it. Like, it's Vrebo and, like, Tebow. Like, it was just the most just cringeworthy thing. Oh, the but commercial? They the, yeah, yeah. They get the thing across. But the whole deal with the Vrebo commercial was to have Tebow in there to let people know that's not VRBO or Verbo. It's Vrebo, like no, Tebow. I, I swear it was. Uh, it, I, I don't know if he says Vrebo. I think it is Verbo. I've always heard it Verbo. And oh, yeah, even, well, even, even, and even on the Tim Tebow commercial, I've heard it Verbo, okay. not Verbo. Well, Tebow, all right, that makes sense. It's the same We need to go back and watch. Well, both of them have syllables that could be with Tebow, so I'll go with your syllable over my syllable. Uh, okay. <laughs> Anyways, the, the VRBO, Verbo, Verbo, Fiesta Bowl. Uh, we Get got people talking, man. Yeah, we got TCU versus Michigan, four o'clock Eastern Standard Time on uh, uh, New Year's Eve. I wonder, right how many, I wonder how many Michigan TCU fans use Verbo for their accommodation ah, suites to the Fiesta Bowl. I see what you did there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, out in Glendale, Arizona, Adam. That's where we thought yeah, for a little while yeah, we, we may be going call. to. We did. We lost. We did. We did. But no, we didn't. No, because we're number one seed in Atlanta, baby. That's it. All right, who you got? You pick this one first. Okay. Paul. Okay. Um, man. I tell you, Adam, I mean, both of you these teams. You want to do it, don't you? Oh, I know, hold on, hold on, hold on. I know, you, on, do. I know you do. I know you do because well, I kind of do, too. Let me first start too. off by saying I think Michigan has a heck of a football team. Uh, they have proven themselves this year, uh, especially with that win over Ohio State. TCU yeah. has proven that they have some heart. Yeah, I know they lost in the Big 12 championship, whatever. Or, sorry. Yeah, they did. Yeah, sorry, they did. sorry, sorry. They got beat. Um, I think my point is, though, um, Man, both both of these teams are very good. They really are. They've got a lot of talent. Yeah. Uh, TCU is kind of that Cinderella story that we all know and love. Um, I'm not convinced Michigan's going to win, though. I, I really, either, I, don't, I don't know. Either, either. I, I think it's going to be a either. close football game. I do too. It's going to be fun to watch. I know. Uh, ooh. The, the question is: Does Michigan? Do they? Do they take that experience from last year's Orange Bowl game? And do they translate it to getting better this year for this championship? Or for, sorry, for this playoff yeah, game? Yeah, I think they kind of do. Um, you're right. You're right. That's a good call. I don't, I don't, I don't call. know. I don't know. Do they? It's kind of I'll a coin flip at this point. I'm sure I'll have a better feeling uh, towards the game. Adam, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna push the uh, <laughs> the pick back to you. You pick right, first. I'm gonna see me, what you say. Uh, first. Give me Michigan. Clark. Okay, I think you it go is gonna be. Clark, but but I did want to. I wanted to go with TCU. <sighs> Um, but I do think Michigan, like you said, Clark, I think they'll uh, a lot of guys off that team last year, playoffs and mm-hmm. you know, uh Blake Corum is um not playing, but uh Donovan Edwards, you know, good talent running yeah. back. Uh, I think Michigan will be physical, um and uh wanna crack it either Georgia, Ohio State and Los Angeles. Uh, I think Michigan in a close one, but I'm not confident in saying that. I'm gonna go with TCU. All right, I like it, baby. Give me I Sam like Duggan. it, good, baby. And uh, Sonny Dykes. Sam Duggan, Max, Max Duggan, Max. Max, Max <laughs> Sam Duggan. Who's Sam huh? Duggan? Wait, I must be thinking of somebody else. I Sorry. don't know. Who. All right, Max Duggan. Max. Yep. Is it Duggan or Duggan? I don't know. 
Because I've heard people, I know of a Chandler Dugan. Yeah. Anyway. Anywho. Yeah. I'm going to take TCU. Okay. Give it to him. I really don't know why, but uh, (laughs) I just don't know if Michigan is really what they're chalked up to be either. Okay. I I like it, baby. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, it ought to be very fun to watch before the Peach Bowl, Adam. Eight Ooh. o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Georgia versus Ohio State yes, sir, in Atlanta Clark. in the bins. It's going to be a great time, Adam. I've got to get a ticket. I've got to get in there. Yeah, you do too there. if you're Everybody's out there. Getting in there. It's going to be a good time, baby. Everybody's going to enjoy it. This is why we're Georgia football fans for this experience here, Clark. Mm-hmm. Oh man. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. good. We're going to be good. We're going to be all right. We're gonna I've be been right. pondering a score prediction for quite a while. Um, I and I think this is what I've come uh, This is what I've come about up it, actually. Oh, uh, really? That did. Kind of no. like an epiphany. It was, was, it like like a, a was it like, like a 40, vision. you know, just some really obscure score, like 47 to, you know, 16 or something like that? Kind of. Okay. <laughs> what did it have like these weird numbers where you'd have to kick it? Uh, yes. You know, yeah. Field goal oh, yeah. And get a safety. I mean, it's some field goals and touchdowns. Okay. All right. Yep. Well, I'm going to give you my score prediction, Adam. You're going to give me yours and then yep. wrap this thing up. I'm going to go with the dogs. Boom. 41 to 21. Whoa, a 20 point I would be. Victory. I would. I'm, I am. We are. We are. I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do. We've been like that. I tell you what we'll do. Right, what are we going to do? What are we going to do then? I, I'm a little afraid to say this because I'm afraid it's going to be like, you know, eight degrees like it is right now with the recording we're of this. We're going to run around with our we're shirts gonna off. Go, we're going to take our shirts off and we're going to go jump in the the uh, the fountain. We might die of hypothermia. If we we do might. All right. Whatever. Okay. Do it. <laughs> Boat race from that bad. I love it, Clark. I love it. I think I look. We're going to pull away towards the end in the third and fourth quarter, uh, and uh, it's going to be a fun, fun night in Mercedes. It's going to be a fun night, Clark. All right, here we go. Playoff start in 2014. I love your score prediction, by the way. Boom. Playoff start in 2014. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, the same day, one game for the other. Clark, when the traditional Fiesta Bowl and Peach Bowl rotation has been since the beginning of when they did it for the first time in 2016. I believe. Yeah. It has always been the Peach Bowl court has been the the first game, the afternoon right. game, and then the out in the West Coast, you get your nightcap, the Fiesta Bowl, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Every time it has been that way. That's what we thought it was going to be. This game is so big, they flipped that court. Yeah. They wanted Georgia, the number one team against Ohio State, to be the primetime game. Everybody in the world watching, man. All eyes of the world are going to be in on Atlanta, Georgia, man. What an opportunity. I've said it before, but this is a heck of an opportunity, Clark. Um, another big game, a third playoff bird for the U. University of Georgia, man. What, yep. an, what an exciting time. What an exciting time, Clark. And this time it is against the Ohio State Buckeyes, a team that Georgia has needed to be up against and to beat for a long time, Clark, um, uh, for just national recognition. The Blue Blood, everybody loves them, man. A lot of people in this nation are going to be cheering for Ohio State to beat your University of Georgia Bulldogs, man. Everybody get fired up this week. Get focused about it, Clark, because this is about as elite as a game as it gets, good on good as it's going to get for a Georgia Bulldog football fan, man. So everybody get hyped up. The parties you're going to be at, make sure you're watching this game with people who will not sit there and talk your head up but will be zoned into this game. Cancel. Do not RSVP to any New Year's parties of people who's going to be a lot of chatter at and yeah. not going to be able to watch this football game. If, if not, you just got to have to go to the house, take one, and watch it yourself because this is a game where everybody's going to have to be focused and dialed into, man. 
I'm fired up. I'm excited. I cannot wait to beat Ohio State and what the fan base and what that team stands for against the University of Georgia, man. This the score that I heard, baby. Georgia is gonna win this football game, 45 to 31. Clark, mm. 45 to 31. Man, offense is gonna roll. Defense is gonna get some stops. It's gonna be electric in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and everybody's gonna get ready to go to a second national championship. Those are the days. We are in the glory days, folks. We are in the glory days. You are either elite or you're not. These young defensive backs we have are gonna step up against these all Mister Everything quarterback and wide receivers. The offense is going to eat. Everybody's going to eat. You're going to eat. I'm going to eat. Clark's going to eat. Everybody's going to eat. And New Year's Eve, we're going to bring in another new year with Georgia going to the national championship for the second year in a row. It is a great time, like always, to be a Georgia Bulldogs. Hope everyone had a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. It is time, baby, to let the big dog eat. Yeah. Go dogs! Go baby. dogs! Ooh, 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 ooh.